Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 14th of February 2013. Newcomers, I always suggest you make good use of the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. There's lots and lots and lots of free audios for download and you'll start to understand the system you're being raised in, you're born into, your parents were born to grandparents and how literally their big agencies or societies or foundations all working together to bring in the new world order, including a new reality for you, for every generation. In fact, in one generation, you can keep changing your reality so many times and giving you different priorities as you grow up. And, of course, you're managed. This is the the era, they call it, of world managers. And the world managers are appointed people. Many of them are actually parts of foundations. They're non-elected, like the Royal Institute for International Affairs, the biggest think tank with the Council on Foreign Relations, same group, to advise all governments across the whole planet. And they set up the United Nations, too. And they have a big long-term plan and goal to manage the great herd, as I like to call the general public, although they're awfully good at covering that up with their with the, the different um, uh, things they put out to the public to read the different PDFs from their own institutions, uh, basically made by marketers and so on, to con you into thinking they really care about you. It's really amazing. It's a great science these days. But government never tells you the truth, and I mean that about anything. They coerce you into the way that they want you to all to move as a herd or think as a herd or believe as a herd at the same time. And it's always done to help you, to help you, you see. And But that's the technique of governing peoples. So help yourself to the to the audios, as I say. And also remember, too, you can buy the books and discs at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, don't forget you can still use personal checks to order. And don't forget, too, uh, you can use an international postal money order from the post office to say international one. And you can send that. You can send cash or use PayPal across the world, Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal, once again. Straight donations are seriously welcome because I don't bring on advertisers as guests. I don't sell you things after terrifying you. I just uh, uh, depend upon the people to keep me ticking along and pay off the, the debts I have here just to do this particular show because I've got to get satellite and all the rest of it to to keep it all going. So, as I say, you're living through uh, a, really a, a, a managerial system uh, run by unelected people uh, the biggest organizations in the planet, so they're not governments actually, they're actually these private foundations, there's so many of them, and they fund all the NGO groups that you see, they put on big um, uh, meetings for governments to attend, many of the people who belong and, and who are made into personalities by these foundations uh, are put in there by the foundations they belong to the foundations first and they're put in as prime ministers and presidents across the world and their own history their historian was carl quigley he had their own private archives of history and he wrote a book about it took a couple of books actually because it was thought it was so important the public should know that these guys had literally been running the world for over a hundred years 
and the public didn't know about it. He thought it was about time they did, and he did not agree, disagree with anything that they did. He was all for their big agenda, because he also was, was an elitist himself. So the elitists who believe that also the intelligentsia of the planet uh, have the right to rule the world. That's what, how they really basically put it. And those who are the richest ones and intermarry for uh, people with, with lots of money uh, for generations, maybe thousands of years, obviously get the best educations that money can afford, and they have the high societal status so they can run the world. That's, that's the agenda. It's been here for an awful long time, folks. Then between you and them, they have, as I said, governments. They put governments in. Uh, they make the mandates for governments. And they run the world right now. And it's getting worse and worse all the time for the people as they get more and more into their stride. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix. And it truly is a deceptive system. And it's only deceptive because you haven't been told since childhood that it actually exists. Your parents didn't know. They simply blame it all on politicians or this party or that party as things change and get worse and worse. They have no idea of how old this big agenda is. They've never read any of the books put out by the big people who were put forward into the public domain, basically, to try and encourage all of, of these processes to go forward. They, they didn't look at the, the big groups that were formed during and after World War II to change radically and drastically change the whole system for the first world countries, especially, and so that they wouldn't resort supposedly to Nazism. That was the, the reason that they gave for all. And... Um, and that's also the reason for the multiculturalism too, by the way, and the, the dissolution of old nation-states as they used to be. And if you go into the Macy Group and you have to go into the writings of Bertrand Russell and others to find out, because they were part of these big international groups that were formed to put all this forward. Uh, governments agreed and the White House actually gave uh, the Frankfurt School, the Macy Group, and different groups working together with Russell, they put them in charge of it. The House literally put them in charge of creating a new culture for, say, America and elsewhere. Most folk haven't a clue. And, of course, it isn't just uh, to do with the nations. It's also to do with the genders and everything. Everybody's at war with everybody else, if you notice. And that's because families... Families used to stand together, and communities would stand together because they all had so much in common. They were generally all married with children. <laughs> and of course, that was a big, big impediment to the state to take over. And you find propagandists for this big agenda, like H.G. Wells and his non-fiction books, talked about this too. Is eventually the government will have the full authority to be able to speak to, down to anybody in society without the interference of family or community around them to, to, to help them. That's here today, folks. You, you think you're all be, being freed up by the old bonds of the past. That's what you've really been taught to believe under the guise of liberalism uh, and to, to do your own thing as to keep you perpetual children forever. There's a reason for all of this, and it's happened. It's all been done. It's all been done. And now society is a basket case. And as it becomes a basket case, of course, and has become, you have all these different agencies and super government agencies put out there over you to take care of the mess. So government becomes the true boss of the people, using all kinds of authorities and so on. And that's the reason for it. Most folk haven't a clue. Now, 
<laughs> I want to start with a, a little bit of trivia in a sense, but to understand who's supposed to represent you in government, who's supposed to represent you. Uh, and it's a joke, really. I don't believe in politicians at all. They're con men. They're selected, pre-selected by committees. And again, even the Royal Institute for International Affairs, other countries that comes from foreign relations, they pre-select all of them uh, for appointments before they even run uh, for election. And quickly said that too, that there hasn't been a president or prime minister that wasn't a member of this group. He wrote the book in the 1960s, and he was, going, he was, he was back into the late 1800s. It's a different name at that time. Today, as I say, it's the Royal Institute of International Affairs, Council of Foreign Relations, uh, is, is the main uh, t- the main titles they go under. But members of Parliament here, it says med- mental health treatment funding for is approved for members of Parliament now, right? Now they get all other kinds of special perks and all the rest of it. But it says member of Parliament will be uh, entitled to to receive mental health treatment in Westminster. A parliamentary committee has announced the Commons Member Estimate Committee has approved an annual budget of £25,000. That'll skyrocket, of course, because there'll be more than that for each one's visit, to help MPs' uh, mental health problems access treatment. This is hard for members of Parliament to access mental health services in the constituencies because of their profile in the community, the committee has said. Then it says it's not preferential treatments, of course. And then they talk about, then they go into the usual stuff about how they suffer from depression or anxiety. One guy had a compulsive, obsessive compulsive disorder and so on. So then they go into, well, mental health is very important and should, so they use the sympathy part, which is true. It's very, very important. But there's a difference here. These guys supposedly, supposedly are, are going to help run your lives. That's the difference. That's the difference, folks. You cannot have someone who, who's, who's suffering from a mental illness uh, running such vital things as your life. You cannot do it. It can't be done. And, you know, uh, regardless, as I say, I mean, government pretty well in itself, it runs by mandates that are made by private organizations like Maurice Strong's organization, the Air Charter, uh, and like all part of the Rockefeller Foundation group who set it all up. And you've got the Carnegie Foundation, Ford Foundation, lots of foundations, and um, they all contribute to the big, big agenda, the big plan, as they like to call it. And, and they tell governments what to do. They also have incredible money to lobby them as well. And they can also get them out of office if they don't go along with them, for those who don't know that. Because they, the same boys who own the Royal Institute of International Affairs, Council of Foreign Relations, they, their members also own the media of the world, the major media of the world. TV and print and all the rest of it. And in the past, if you go through the archives and cutting through the you'll, you'll see, uh, how the, back in the 30s, uh, Rockefeller and other ones got together and decided to find out. So they're always doing studies, always doing studies on all of us, how we were influenced and so on. And they wanted to know how many major newspapers they would need at that time to influence all the other newspapers across the whole country of, of the U.S. And at that time, they, came, they had a particular figure. And now they own them all, actually. But they also went into uh, different type groups, like, like politicians, for instance. Uh, certain magazines they get attracted to. They give ones for the bureaucracies that exist in different countries. They cater for every group and class. And it's, it's perfect today. Perfect, believe you me. Now, all your news is standardized as well, which is imperative if you have controllers at the top wanting you to all believe the same things and behave in the same way and be all for whatever agendas pushed your way. 
So anyway, as I say, here they are getting all these parks. And really part of the problem too is the booze and all the parties they go to. That's their main problems. A lot of them have problems with their drugs. <laughs> and lots of them too. Like a good, way too many, many parties. It's not conscience. Believe you me, it's making them depressed. It's not something to do with conscience because I see most of the politicians to get up there, they're actually graded as psychopathic people. And uh, they go along with anything that's detrimental to the general population, as you know. Uh, so they literally you classify them as psychopathic types. Now, and never mind that too, the psychiatrists can give them lots of drugs as well. Don't forget that part of it as well. They can legally prescribe them lots of good drugs, you see. Now, in the U.S., there's no country where you can really see it so fast and sharp, although Britain's much the same in a different way. Uh, Britain's a basket case. All, all, every part of the Communist Manifesto, by the way, has been uh, has been fulfilled in Britain and, and some other countries in, in the so-called Commonwealth of Britain. And um, in the U.S., it's a bit different because they had a different type of system, a government. No other government had this idea that the people formed their own government at the very beginning by revolution, which gave uh, special rights to the people themselves. And the government was supposed to serve them. No other country in the world ever had that. You were always subject to the king or the queen or the crown, as they call it. And, and um, other countries had dictators. A lot of them still do. Uh, many of the so-called uh, democratic systems, even throughout Latin America, uh, even the calm democratic are still run by dictatorships and gangs at the top, have been for a long time. But in the U.S., as I say, uh, they had to go through a lot of hoops in government and courts and things uh, to to prove that the person was guilty or not. So much so that often uh, the, the guilty would get off because of technicalities and so on. And I used to wonder about it because, again, I wasn't brought up in the U.S. I thought, oh, well, you know, is that right? And then as an American woman uh, reporter wrote in an article in the paper, which she said it's far better this happens once in a while than, than lots of, of non-guilty people end up going into prison. And I thought, well, that's quite right. In other countries, they don't bother. You just lock the key. You know, you be in prison, lock, throw away the key, and that's it. They might take 20 years and say, oh, the guy is innocent because of DNA or whatever. That's it. There's, there's no apologies or anything like that. And we call this a fair system. But anyway, getting back to what I'm saying, the U.S. is a different system. And you can see, again, the chaos as they go completely. Now, multiculturalism was a, a new, fairly new term. Before that, it was, it was mass immigration from the world. Everybody adapted into the existing culture. But with multiculturalism, suddenly about the 70s, they were all told, again from the United Nations, who were also told by the Royal Chamber of International Affairs and so on, to for the people to keep their cultures. And so you can go into areas in, in all countries now in, in the West, and some of the streets and, and shops now, you can't even read the signs anymore. You don't talk about the language that you're talking. Some of them don't like you, actually. You, you get that impression, too. And... Um, that's what they call multiculturalism, to further fragment old society and to destroy the old culture completely. That's what it's for. That's Very simply, that's what it's for. But also you, you get the, the ongoing uh, militarization of the police in the U.S. It's just incessant now. And uh, the cops, uh, there's, there's so many cases I've read in the past, I just stopped bother reading them now, where folk are killed or, or tasered to death, and, and there's no inquiry. It's happening across in Britain and other countries as well. The cops know they can get away with it. 
They've been given a form of immunity. They all know this. And so as they know this, it gets worse and worse. Plus, you have a society today where, again, uh, the entertainment industry, which really is always spearheading the cultural changes, that's its purpose. It's not there to entertain you. That's a side effect for all the stuff that they get through during the actual movie itself. It's there to indoctrinate you, and everything has got little uh, little quips in it and so on, that you'll remember, but you'll never really reason it through. You'll just adopt the new attitudes, etc. But the, uh, that goes for cops too, or guys who want to be cops. Because you see the cops being the big guys with all the power in every movie they watch, and youngsters with no power want to become one. And I'll read one article when I come back that shows you how bad it's getting. Back after these messages. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix, talking about the system and how it's really progressing along its path, its chosen path, of course. It's a very old agenda and it knows exactly how to implement things. And now that everyone's on the internet, they're all tweeting and, and so on, they've got instant access to how the public think about any particular topic whatsoever. They know how to adjust our thoughts very quickly too by releasing articles into the paper, making them things popular and so on. And they can upgrade us as we go along without us even knowing how it's done. It's very simple. But also to getting back to, to the, the authoritarian system that's here, I was thinking that this article I'm about to read is very much like what's happening across places like in Afghanistan and other countries where families can be sitting and starting their dinner and some drone a long ways off. They don't hear or see this thing. It just fires a missile at them and blows them up. And, of course, the NATO and whoever's involved always says, well, you know, we've got the real target guy who's a terrorist, and they make up any old story. And each time that different separate inquiries come out, they're blowing up children all over the place. They keep denying it. It doesn't matter. The message you're getting is we don't, we don't matter. I hope you understand this. We don't matter. We're just the herd. And you have to go into, again, uh, the elitists themselves and the propagandists that they employed. Many of the ones they employed, actually, uh, even back in the 1920s, were still into writing novels and so on, like H.G. Wells. He was an official propagandist for this group. But it, and he had stacks of other books out, which are non-fiction. So the idea is that you make a person a star, you give them big, big staff, and you give ghostwriters to to churn out the books. Still happens today, by the way. And um, you incorporate the political correct updates in every book you put out there to change your, your, your fans. They'll, they'll start to emulate you. This guy's great, so we'll emulate him. And that's how they go along. Today, with the movies, it's much, much easier. But... um. He actually was a complete elitist. He believed in a superior class running the whole world, did not believe in democracy. Uh, Wells himself was picked out by the friend of Charles Darwin and, and taught specially for his purpose, by the way. They called him the Red, red Tie School. Every child that was picked, selected, uh, was given a red tie. And, and um, I think Sir Thomas Huxley, I think it was, that was, that was, um, was involved in that. And he goes through this this system, and in some of his books, and which were turned into old movies too, you can still get them like things to come. You get instances of the big herd down below as they advance into this system, and, and who the, where the elite take over to stop all wars. And the guys are stopping all wars. The elite take over, and, and the elite live in these massive towers, and they're all specially bred. Because you'll notice, even in the movie, that it's supposed to be generations later, so the, the, the elites still look exactly the same as, as their predecessors, their ancestors. But, of course, 
they get to a, a stage in this, in this movie or the book where the general population is so sick of rapid changes that they can't stop and just be themselves. There's no community as such. Just everything's moving, moving, moving fast with science spearheading it all. Uh, but uh, that's how they get it through to you. And they created lots of fans who are on board with this whole agenda. Even Bertrand Russell, a complete elitist, the guy who said we'll even use the needle to dumb down the public. The needle, injections, vaccinations. Uh, had lots of members in the public, general public, who read his books. And because he was made again into a star, you make them into stars. We have organizations today that make scientists into stars, if you didn't know that. They've been here for a long time, actually. I've even gone over it in some previous talks. And anyway, we've been taught that we're just a herd. And that's why life is cheap now. And we've been taught with everything that happens, it's getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. With the articles I've read in the paper about the elderly left to die in hospitals and so on, because you're, you're, you're not a good consumer and producer, which is the, the definition of a good world citizen, according to the United Nations. And, and, and through the movies for about 40, 50 years now, all you'll see are the young people in the movies. Old folk are always senile. Have you noticed that? Or they just simply don't exist. Anyway, it says here, it's a typical one that's desensitizing you to what life's all about. It says, Los Angeles police have been accused of resorting to street justice in the hunt for the suspected killer, ex-cop Christopher Dorner, after they mistakenly shot a 71-year-old woman delivering newspapers and left her truck riddled with bullets. Okay, she's 71. Ah, oh, well, you know, 71. See, that's the first thing you get it, see? Says the victim, Emma Hernandez, said that officers didn't give, didn't give any warning or commands, just began firing at her blue pickup truck, just like the movies, you see. According to her attorney, her 47-year-old daughter was a passenger in the car at the time. And then it says, oh, tragically, we believe this is a case of mistaken identity, Charlie Beck, chief of Los Angeles Police Department, said about the incident. It's mistaken identity that they blasted. There's about 100-odd bullet holes in this van. So here's two people at the bottom scale you see, one's elderly, bottom scale of, of what the, the life, you know, life chart. How important are you? How, what's your social standing? Delivering newspapers, that tells you how wealthy they are, right? They're delivering newspapers. Two of them. And they just get blasted like that. But since Hernandez was shot in, twice in the back and was hospitalized in stable condition. The daughter, uh, Margie uh, Carranza, was a passenger in the truck at the time of the shooting. She was wounded by glass from the shattered window. And the two women were distributing copies of Los Angeles Times before the terrifying incident. They were driving, they were driving an aqua blue Toyota Tacoma, unlike the description of Dorner's vehicle, which was a grey Nissan Titan. But it doesn't matter. Well, it's kinda like it, isn't it? I mean, yeah. yeah. When police began firing and, and the gunshots entered through the back windshield of the truck, the terrified women just covered their faces and huddled down. What else can you do? And then it goes on about um, how, well, you know, we, we, we will try and get him another vehicle and all that. Well, would they get him an old second-hand coffin if they'd killed him? You know what I'm saying? This is pretty common now, folks. And it's also training you to expect more of it. Back with more after this. listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix, talking about the, the, if you call it the system today and how everyone's degraded. If you, if you don't have status, high status today, you're very degraded. You see, you're one of the herd. And this is the age of herd management that the medical profession calls it that too. And other ones at the top as well. All the CEOs, the top international corporations like IBM calls the same thing. But they have great techniques of putting it across in a different way to us to get the herd to go along. And, and because they use massive professional marketing or propaganda experts who understand how you think. Persuasion is an art. It's a very old science. And getting back to the story here too about the mistaken, uh, mistaken uh, identity blasting uh, this, this elderly lady and her daughter, uh, trigger happy cops as always because they watch all the movies. It, it, it made me think of Judge Dredd. Now you think too that all these cartoons, nobody else has been brought up with, are just there to make money and, and to entertain children. No, the arts of conditioning your mind to the future is very, very, very old. And you've got to see that these are all superhuman type com- uh, comic types. Uh, but getting back to the, the early 1920s and before that even, when the elite decided they were going to rush ahead and bring in this totalitarian world system, they'd all, as I say, all of their authors out there, like H.G. Wells, who believed in the Superman, and George Bernard Shaw, Man and Superman, read the, read the books. Long before Adolf Hitler came up with the idea, he just copied what they were all putting out. And now these guys who put it all out have conjured up the magic acts and, and people believe there are kind of supermen and they wear black uh, outfits and have machine guns and they've got some kind of insignia uh, stuck on them somewhere to make them uh, part of the authoritarian society. And remember, Judge Dredd is, is conditioning you for the age where he is judge, he's, 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 uh, he's, he's jury and executioner. That's what it's for. That's, that's, that's all they're for, folks. That's all it's for. Now, getting back to the, to, to, again, elderly and all the rest of them are, are just a nuisance today. It says 75,000 pounds, that's cash in Britain, cap on the cost of care will lose thousands of pensioners their homes. Now, that's all part of the agenda if you go into the IBM smart city uh, system. They actually mentioned that. I'll touch on that tonight. I'll put a PDF up from them tonight. We'd actually tell folk, to tell all the authorities to start encouraging single elderly people to get out of their expensive homes. So it'd save expensive homes. And that will save the, the fuel poverty that they can't afford to fuel anymore because they're, they're old, you know, old, you know, that's useless kind of things, old folk, you know. Not kidding you. I'll put that up tonight. But it says £75,000 cap, so they'll lose thousands of pensioners their homes. That is the big agenda across the world. So Lord Warner uh, is, is warned that setting the cost of long-term uh, care cap so high could mean thousands of pensioners will have to sell their homes. And it says that a chief architect of plans, they love this terminology, the architect of plans, isn't it? It's like the grand architect. To limit the cost of long-term care has criticized ministers for setting the cap so high that thousands of pensioners will have to sell their homes. Warners is, is, is warning that if a husband and wife both move into care, they could have to pay £150,000 before the state steps in, wiping out almost the entire value of an average house. Now, it doesn't matter that these folk have paid taxes and insurances their whole life, mandatory by the state. And every penny you put in is invested immediately by the state in all these different projects across the world. And one pound 
by the time that you, you've finished your, your, the end of your life, the, the, that's, that's probably brought in uh, oh, thousands and thousands, each one pound has brought thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds into the government through, through all these investments over your lifetime. That doesn't matter. Anyway, says the peer sat on the, the Dillnot Commission, which aimed to safeguard elderly people's houses by imposing a cap of about £35,000, after which the state will meet the care costs. But the politicians are expected to announce next week that they will set the cap much higher than that. As we earlier reported, the cap could be as high as 75000 The rumours suggested, however, that the final level to be announced on Monday may be lower, £60,000, uprated by inflation in future years. Now, they always do this, the same with your gas when you go to the gas station. They'll jack it up way up suddenly, and then you're all, you're all bitching to each other. Well, the people used to bitch; they don't bother anymore. And uh, but then then they'll they'll, they'll drop it uh, about a few cents, maybe four three cents. Oh, thank God you breathe out. Well, sorry, they'll still put it up an extra twenty cents. You don't mind that? It's so clever, eh? So the story's saying seventy-five thousand. No, it's only going up to maybe sixty thousand pounds. See, this is this is the con. That they do all the time. They understand how we think so perfectly. We're so studied. There's no creature on the planet so minutely studied as, as, as the human person. Anyway, they're going to end up losing their homes. They're bringing in a stealth tax so you can't have an inheritance tax pay on, pass it on to your children. They don't want a rising middle class, you understand. Even if these guys are, are you wouldn't even classify them as being middle class. But they don't want one to arise. So I'll put that up tonight. And also, too, I will put up this one on, on uh, IBM, Smart Cities, where they actually tell the, the governments and, and the city councillors and all that how to get the old folk out of their houses. And this one is Smart City Glasgow. The PDF is here. And also they say in it um, that uh, the over-65s need the option to move to more suitable places in their local community. This is communitarianism, they like to call it that. Rather than staying in expensive homes where their income is tied up with and getting caught in fuel poverty. Well, they're all getting ripped off left, right and centre because of the gangsters who own all the fuel industry as well down no, And there's more fuel today than there's ever been in, in, in hundreds of years. Way, way more. But the prices don't come down. But they do want the old folk to get out of where they are. And they're starting with the 65 who are still single. Because see, they've created a world where most folk today are single. They destroyed the family unit. You understand how clever they are? How clever they are, eh? So this is from IBM that, that somehow, somehow gave itself the right to create across the world smart cities and, and smart grids. And all the rest of it. And somehow, somehow, all the politicians, even though we didn't vote IBM or any of their bosses in to, to take care of us or rule over us, somehow your governments are going along with them as though they did. Isn't that kind of odd to you? No, it's not odd at all, because there's no such thing as democracy. Your government is put in by the big boys at the top. Always. It doesn't matter what party you vote for. That's how it is, folks. That's how it is. But that for a long time. As I quickly mentioned that too, that there hasn't been a single Prime Minister or, or President put in from any party. And his day was the 60s, he says, since the late 1800s, that wasn't a member of this organization for this whole world agenda. And quickly was all for it, that's why he wrote the book. Now, we hear about uh, Africa and they go about Mali and all the rest of it is expend, they ex- they extend the reach into the other countries in Africa. Africa is going to get plundered more and more. 
as they go on. And it says, because um, this is the time under the guise of, of uh, you've got to exploit all natural resources. It's not because you're running short. It's because you're run by super gangs. There'll be one super gang you see to be in charge of the world's water supply, one in charge of all natural gas, one that'll be in charge of, of, of this, that, and the other, uh, or, or whatever mineral it happens to be, and one for oil. That's where it's all supposed to go. Supposed to go, you understand. Lenin talks about it. He said eventually have one factory just making shoes for the world. They both work together, folks, because the folk who brought up this whole system run the left and the right wing. And it's all coming together today. AAR, it says, extends airlift contracts for the military. And it says... Um, a provider of airlift services to the U.S. military is renewing its contract for transport of cargo and personal, personnel to West and Central Africa. So this is like indefinite. The service in support of the U.S. Army Space and Missile Defense Command and the U.S. Department of Defense counter narco-terrorism programs, often to do with drugs, you see, uh, office by the AR airlift group will involve two aircraft. Subcontract for the services was issued by Academy. That's this private boys, remember, that, that used to be Blackwater. They call them the Academy now. It will run until the middle of June and carries an estimated value of about $9 million. Not bad contracts. We're in the killing business, eh? For the bosses who want all the mineral rights and the gold and diamonds and uranium and all that. It's not bad at all. Good business at the top. And you understand too, you don't even know how they live at the top anymore. They are a super class that Bertrand Russell said would, would come to be. They would see themselves as a separate species. They're not brought up with the rubbish as edu- for education that you get taught. They don't get all the, the political indoctrination that you get taught and you accept and even become advocates of all. No, they don't, they don't go for that. They're brought up in a different reality. They, they call it reality at the top. You're not living in reality. You're, you're living in conditioned responses, even the things you're angry at or you, or you support or the things you join. <laughs> and also, here, here's how bad it's getting now. It started in the schools, but they had zero tolerance for anything. Even I mentioned that, that one about the little boy uh, earlier in the week or last week that, that's, that's pretended to throw a, a, a pretend imaginary grenade at something, a, a box in this, at school, and they arrested them for pretending that he threw a pretend grenade. So bad it is. It's called zero tolerance, you see. As they condition and recondition you all to be really against all that kind of stuff. Only the guys, the thugs they employ, and, and who want to go out and kill folk, like the two guys who were shooting the, the vans up, uh, only they can get taught the other way that they've, they've got so uh, they've got a, a very uh, they've got special rights. Anyway, it says police lose all perspective. Armed cops swoop on an action man. Remember the action man toy, who, looking for a mortar toy after the owner posts pictures of the toy weapon on Facebook. Ian Driscoll posted photo of action man as his profile picture on Facebook. In the background was a toy mortar gun about six inches tall. More than a month later, five officers, including two armed with submachine guns, arrived at his home. And so, it says here, uh, the armed police who stormed to a house after reports of a mortar gun discovered it was an action man toy, six inches tall. The, the, the police, the, the, the submachine gun wielding police, uh, raced to the home of Ian Driscoll, 43, after he posted on Facebook, 
It showed the Action Man plastic figure in the background was the toy mortar gun. The mortar gun was next to a TV remote control, clearly showing its small size, but someone who saw it contacted the police. That's all it takes now. You're scared stiff about, about silly people. They're all brainwashed, you see. Where do you think they get the brainwashing from? So they contacted the cops, and next thing you've got your guys storming you with submachine guns. Five officers, including two armed with submachine guns, then arrived in his home in Tewkesbury, Gloucestershire, England. Mr. Driscoll said after showing them the offending toy, the police apologised and left. Luckily, they didn't kill him. It may have happened in the States. They probably blow up the house and set it on fire because they love to worship fire, these guys. You ever see the Waco thing? When they burned down all the people there with the tanks and so on, and they burned all the people who were underground even in the cellars, they, they burned them all out too, when men, women, children. And you see all, the, all these guys with the black outfits on, they're all bowing to the fire. You didn't see that? I hope you're still up there, I think, on YouTube. Uh, uh, it was put up there. You see them bowing. Making a strange sound, like it's a hail sound. Yeah. Mr. Driscoll said, I was shocked and stunned. It was just mad. Five officers turned up in unmarked police cars. They, they flashed this, and the search warrant in his face and said, it was, I was lucky I was in so they didn't have to break my door down. <laughs> so the action man looked a bit uh, like me, so I decided to put it on my Facebook uh, picture. I didn't even notice the mortar in the background, he says. So there you go. Nothing's safe anymore. Because they've trained the public who are already stupid, a lot of them. They are stupid, let's be honest. I mean, if you go on and give them the same questions to a whole bunch of topics, you get the same answers from them all. It's their standardized answers and everything. They can't think a reason for themselves. Their conditioned responses are, are all set in them by outsiders. They don't even know what's happened to them themselves. Now, as I say, the elderly now have to get, get euthanized. This is what it's all about, folks. It's what's the value of your life? What's the cost of your life to the big boys that own the world, the big gang? And if you're not producing enough, you're consuming, you're starting to consume rather than just produce taxes and everything else, then you're a bad world citizen. And they're really showing this across the world. Woman dies after waiting three hours for an ambulance, it says here. After women stopped breathing, uh, the call level jumped to most urgent, Right. And it says, an 87-year-old Toronto woman died December after waiting three hours with abdominal pain for an ambulance that was delayed due to, it called, limited resources. An internal Toronto Emergency Medical Service ambulance dispatch record also shows seven ambulances were dispatched to her location, but then they were diverted to other calls. Why? Because they did that triage stuff. What's the most important? That's what's about, folks. What's your status? What's your importance in society? Oh, she's over it. Look at her age. Oh, take him to somebody. You know, take him to that car smash or something. Yeah. Vincent highlights a growing challenge for Toronto and the rest of Canada as an aging population. They've never had aging folk before, you know. Aging people are a new phenomenon, apparently. Think, think, think. Think, start thinking for yourselves, folks. How things are term, terminology is everything to shape your minds. They've never seen old folk before. It's just a brand new phenomenon. It just puts more demand on emergency services, including ambulances, advocates for the elderly, say. We're talking about people in retirement homes or nursing homes, by definition, people who are there because they're in certain things that they can't do for themselves, said Susan Eng from CARP, a not-for-profit seniors advocacy group. Well, CARP's, well, I forget that. Anyway, the fact is, folks, that's the status of the elderly now. And I'll put up the IBM one telling them to get them into these very places where the ambulance isn't going to come and get you anymore. They just want you to die off. 
And this does tie in with the articles we've been reading over the years and stepping up recently because they're really pushing euthanasia. It's a lot cheaper for the boys at the top, isn't it? They, they can keep all that profit that, that you put into their system all those for your whole life uh, and, and offer you a cheap little cyanide pill at the end rather than treat you for your illness. You think I'm kidding. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm telling the truth. Because <laughs> that's how they view you all. If you're not one of them, you're part of the herd. And also, this article here, again, it's how it's worded, right? Card-carrying shoppers shun cash. It's Australia. Australian consumers are embracing the cashless society, racking up a record number of purchases on their credit and debit cards. Now, this is all to do with smart cities and smart grids and all the rest of it. And they know everything about you, what you're into, what you're buying, what you eat, what you snack on. All that goes to the health authorities too, and one day they're going to contact you and tell you to stop this and stop that. I'm, I'm not kidding. They've already talked about it. But yeah, cashless society is for your benefit. It's so easy. Is it really? No, it's for their benefit, folks. Everything, even the computers they, they put out were, that you buy. If they force you to take in computers, you'd be a bit suspicious. No, they may even buy them and tell you how wonderful it is. You know, even the British government mandated that all the people in Britain back in the 50s and 60s had to get television sets. China did the same thing a few years ago. India did it too. Why? It's the most indoctrinative tool ever invented. Standardizes the people's minds. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and there's Jim hanging on from New York there. Are you still there, Jim? Hey there, sir. Yes. Um, God bless you, first of all. Um, I wanted to know, what's the true meaning of our American flag over here in the States uh, as a right to take it away? Is it uh, bloodletting under the stars for rights that God given? And second of all, um, with the Egyptians, with uh, with them over there, is it is it true that those that those uh, kings over there, were they uh, descendants from the gods? That's uh, what they say with the headdress and everything with the snake. Uh, what's your take on that? Thank you, sir. Yeah, well, well the flag itself, uh, if you'll notice that there, there's, there's colors. Colors are often important. Colors, remember, is also the term that uh, warring factions use. They always have colors. Even the gangs have what they call colors. Very important. And you've got the Pythagorean uh, stuff, too, with, not just with the, the magical numbers and all the rest of it. You also went into colors, color coding. And you have red, white, and blue. It was the same as Britain was taken over by the same people, or London was, who ran the whole Britain and got the empire going. It's red, white, and blue. Same as America, red, white, and blue. And it's interesting, too, that America was to take over from Britain, according to Carl Quigley, uh, because um, Britain had started the empire, and, and it was to start be the embryo for a world empire. And that's where they've, they've gone with it. And the U.S. has been the, uh, supplying the cash and the men, the bodies, basically, to, to make it happen, and the taxes until then. Ancient Egyptians, no, because every elite at one time in the past always wanted to be descended from the gods. I mean, that's a very simple religion that you taught the peasantry, it was true, and after a generation they'd believe it. Uh, because after all, they were covered in rags, you know, and they were covered in gold and things at the top. So it had to be true. 
It's very simple logic for simple people. But um, you'll find that even Cleopatra wasn't really so much Egyptian. She, she herself was descended uh, from uh, uh, Ptolemy, that was a, a general uh, uh, from Macedonia and Greece. It was put in by Alexander, and he he won. He was really the the, the father or descendant or, or predecessor of Cleopatra, and she became a member of the god. How Ptolemy got in to be the, the leader for a while of Egypt, he had a dream one night. See, they couldn't do it through his genealogy, so a dream was good enough. So he had a dream that the, the old pharaoh came to him and appointed him in spirit as a new ruler. So a genetic spirit was as good enough as the real uh, physical genes, and he became the ruler for there. So they always do the same con today. And uh, believe you me, in elitism, it hasn't changed today, hasn't changed at all because they use the same analogies all through Freemasonry, down through the ages. And even though Freemasonry really, as we know it today, only came out in the 1700s to get a big army of ordinary folk to back something they didn't understand uh, for another minority altogether. And so they took over the cities and towns and became the mayors and all the rest of it. And they also go and the politicians, that's what Masons are for, on behalf of another group altogether that, that dominates all the rest of it. So... No, this God thing is, is, a, is a very typical example of, of um, how to, 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 to fool the peasantry in all ages. Uh, now they want to say that they're like gods. What is a god to them? A god is someone who is better than the rest. He's all-powerful. Now a president with all these toys and in, in his, his command of weaponry could say the same thing if he wanted to. Or a prime minister of Britain, although he's going to get a cheap psychiatrist now, a free psychiatrist apparently, like the article I read tonight. But they can also have power over life and death of everybody. And now they want to go all the way into deciding who has a child and who will not have a child. And that's all eugenics. Technically, he has a lot of power of the gods, of gods in the past. So technically, they can call themselves that. Prince Charles once uh, called them, he said he was a member of the Olympian Club. He's the guys at the very, very top. But they ain't gods. They pull their pants down with a toilet like you and I. From Hamish Massart, Montreal, Canada, it's good night to me, your God or your gods go with you.